Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church. I'm here with you today, taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible, as well as your prayer requests. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you. We have many new people uh, tuning in to the show and many people who who tune in every week. And what that means is that you can call in with your prayer requests and so many people around the country and even sometimes around the world will be lifting your prayer requests up to the Lord. It's a great opportunity. Also a good opportunity for you who have questions about the Bible. We'd love to answer those and hopefully bring some clarity in areas where you've had questions. So the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897 with your Bible questions and with your prayer requests. Hey, this is our first Friday live show of Calvary Live in 2020. Uh, my name is Nick Cady, pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm your host every Friday here on Calvary Live, and I'm excited to be with you. It's been a few weeks off with uh, the holidays. You know, we had Christmas and we had New Year and now uh, back, and so excited to be with you again, excited to hear your voices and pray for your prayer requests, answer your questions. Again, give me a call, 303-690-3000 or text us, 720-336-0897. I want to welcome those who are listening in, here in Colorado and into Southern Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome to the program, all of you. You're hearing the show live today. We also want to uh, welcome those who are listening on Radio by Grace, which has stations all over the United States, um, particularly in the Southern U.S., but not only in the Southern U.S. Um, they have stations, uh, I looked at their list recently, and man, they have stations all over the United States. And uh, also for those of you tuning in online, so all of you are hearing the show live today. So Radio by Grace listeners, Grace FM listeners, and online listeners, welcome to the show. Today is January 7th. It's a Friday. And so welcome to the program. Excited to hear your prayer requests, to pray for you, to answer your Bible questions. Again, the phone number to call, 303 690 3000. I also want to welcome those who are listening on Hope FM and Truth FM. Hope FM is broadcasting in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, and Truth FM is in Tennessee. We also want to welcome those listening on Higher Rock Radio in Ohio. It's just a huge blessing to see how God has been growing the listening family of station, the listening family of stations uh, tuning in to Calvary Live every week. Um, these stations, Hope FM, Truth FM, and Higher Rock, you're listening on a one-week delay, so we just want you to be aware of that so that it it might make sense to some calls, you know, as you call in or as you listen that you're hearing it on a one-week delay, but we don't want that to hinder you from calling in and being part of the show because uh, we would even encourage you that that one-week delay can be seen as an opportunity for you 
to call in now with your question or your prayer requests, and then you can use that week to tell people, hey, I'm going to be on the radio on this station at this time. You should tune in, and maybe that's a great way that you can introduce them to that local Christian station. Maybe that person will start tuning in, listening. It becomes a preset on their radio. Who knows? And they might um, start listening at times when you know, there's Bible teaching happening, that they hear the Word of God, it's going to affect their heart and their lives. And so we encourage you to take those opportunities. But whether you're hearing live or on delay, uh, we encourage you to spread the word about Calvary Live to your friends and neighbors. And if you haven't yet done so, go ahead and get the Grace FM app where you can listen to this show on your mobile device, anywhere you go in the world. And we do have international listeners. I'm just looking at the map right now of listeners. We have listeners all over the United States, particularly on the West Coast, it looks like today, but also have some in the Southeast, Texas, uh, Arizona, New Mexico, Montana, up and down the Front Range of Colorado. We've got listeners in Indiana and Illinois. And we have some international listeners, for example, in uh, Colombia, we have listeners today. So welcome to you. And again, if you haven't yet got the Grace FM app. It's totally free. Just go on your mobile device and your app store, Google Play store, type in Grace FM as one word and no spaces and it'll come right up. It's totally free. Put it on your device, uh, your tablet or your mobile phone. Even if you have a smart speaker, you can tell it to tune into Grace FM and uh, you'll be able to listen to this show and all the other great Bible teaching that takes place here on Grace FM throughout the day and throughout the week. So again, um, Welcome to the program. Um, here's the number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. We're going to go to our first call here in just a second, but I'll just say a few words about myself. My name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church here in Longmont, Colorado. And um, our church... Um, meets in a great location. If you are within driving distance of Longmont, we would love to have you come and worship with us. We have three in-person services every Sunday. We also have two online services. So uh, if you are able to come within driving distance, we'd love to have you. Our services are at 8, 9.30, and 11 a.m. You can find our address and directions on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. It's whitefieldschurch.com. Um, our church moved into our own building about, uh, now it's coming up on two years, and uh, it's just been a huge blessing to us. Um, we've been able to grow a lot in this space, and so we'd love to have you. We're located right in between Highway, um, well, it's, it's on Highway 119 in Longmont, which is the main road that goes from I-25 into Longmont and then down into Boulder, and so we are right between downtown Longmont and I-25. So if you're on the I-25 corridor, if you're on County Line Road corridor going up and down this part of Colorado, or if you're on Highway 119 or 287, we are really conveniently located for all those places. So we have a lot of people who come from, um, even as far as, some people from as far as Estes Park, some people from Lyons, um, let's see, Berthoud, Mead, Frederick, Firestone, Decono, Erie, Lafayette, Niwot, even North Boulder. So if you're in any of those communities or you're within driving distance, we would love to have you come and worship with us this Sunday. This Sunday, we're going to be studying Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Here at the beginning of the year, what we like to do is we like to take a couple of weeks and we like to um, 
focus our attention on God's vision for us as a church and what it means to be the people God's calling us to be. So we see God's vision for the church in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. It's a fabulous passage that really directs the, the heart and the ethos of what we do as a church. And so um, we'd love for you to come and study with us this coming Sunday. Uh, you can find all that good information on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. And you can also hear me every weekday at 9.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time here on Grace FM, as well as Sundays at 1 p.m. Well, with no further ado, let's go to our first caller, Pat in Greeley, Colorado. Hi, Pat. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Pastor Nick. First of all, I'd like to thank you and all the other pastors that uh, preach throughout the day on the show. It's it's just uh, Grace FM is just a blessing. Mm. So thank you for that. Um, Pastor Nick, I was just looking for your insight on something. I teach uh, Bible studies, and we're going. To, I'm going to be teaching very soon about the talents and about giving, and about our responsibility. Uh, what do we do now that we're Christians? And what I'm. Um, what I'm concerned about is if someone were to turn around in the class and say to me, well, what do you give? How much do you give? I know we're not supposed to reveal that. I mean, Jesus said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. But would it be a benefit to share that so someone knows that, hey, I don't just preach this stuff. I, I, I walk it as well. Yeah, so Pat, um, I, I actually do think that you, sh that you should be prepared and ready to do that. In fact, you know, I think that's one of the great things about walking above reproach is that um, you're never afraid of those kinds of questions, right? So you're never like, oh, I sure hope nobody asks me, right? And obviously, you're not afraid um, that someone would ask you because you're not doing what you say that other people should do. Your concern is more about like, uh, what is the Bible, what does Jesus mean when he says, don't let your you know, left hand know what your right hand's doing. And so, you know, the, the real point of that passage is that Jesus is talking about people who used to go up and they'd make a big show of their giving and they would kind of show off. And they took a lot of pride in themselves for doing it. And they did it as a way, not just of um, kind of patting themselves on the back, but they did it as a way of looking down on others and kind of showing superiority over others. And so it really gets to a heart issue in this case, you know, um, and the heart issue is this, why would you tell someone how much you give? And I think there's a good reason to do that. And there's a bad reason to do that. The bad reason is that you want to, again, do what the Pharisees were doing or, or what the religious hypocrites of that time were doing, which is pat yourself on the back and look down on other people. Um, if, on the other hand, you're doing it uh, for a didactic reason, right, in order to instruct and teach somebody, well, I think that that is actually a really good thing. I mean, Paul the Apostle, he talks about those kinds of things where he says, you know, I, I work more than any of the apostles. And he's saying that, like, almost embarrassedly in 2 Corinthians. He says, I'm making a fool out of myself talking this way, but I have to tell you so that you'll know because you need to learn from my example. And he says, you know, I, I serve more than any of the other apostles. Well, I, I would just say, you know, maybe you don't give an exact dollar amount to this person, but you might tell them, you know, I give this percentage of my income or I, I follow the biblical pr principle about giving generously. So um, personally, yeah. I, I think that there's, there's a good reason why you could answer that question. 
Yeah, and and that's I want to show them. Hey, listen, I'm not just here telling you stuff. You know, book knowledge and application are two different things. Uh, and what I'm trying to, sh if I share this with you, it's because I want you to understand that there's application in my life. That's the, that's what fulfills the reading of the Bible. If you just read it for head knowledge, you might as well read any other book you want to read. This this book guides you through through life and 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 changes you. And and I would just want to say that yeah, here's what I give, and I do that not out of boasting, but to show you, I give with joy. Uh, mm. But boy, it's a tough thing to do, Pastor Nick. Yeah, for sure. And and you know, there's two thoughts that come to mind really quickly. One is, you know, integrity means that you are the same person no matter who's watching, right? And it means that we don't do things just so that we can say that we did them. We do them as unto the Lord uh, for an audience of one, no matter who's watching. But on the other hand, um, you know, we're also ready to give account if somebody asks us, you know, hey, do you actually do this? Like, what does this look like in your life? You're able to give an answer to that. I think that that's just being a good teacher. Uh, on the other hand, um, you know, the, the only other thought that comes to mind is I love what Paul says about generosity in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And his point there is, is fabulously said in verse 9, where he says this, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. And it just reminds me that what Paul always does is he doesn't talk, he doesn't motivate with, fear or guilt. He always motivates with God's grace in the gospel. And you know, so here's some ways that we can sometimes motivate people with fear and guilt. Um, we can tell people, hey, you should do this because this is the right thing to do. Or you could say, you should do this because you're not like those other people who, who don't do these kinds of things, right? Like you're better than that. that that'd be motivating with pride. Um, you know, fear would be like, if you don't do this, you know, watch out. Guilt would be you, you have to do this because if you don't do this, oh, you know, um, you know, other people are going to, you know, other people are relying on you. So you need to do it. But Paul never motivates that way. He always says like, whether he's talking about marriage, whether he's talking about forgiveness, whether he's talking about generosity, he always says, look at the gospel, look at what God did for you and let that warm your heart so much that you want to give more than 10%, right? You want to give until like Jesus gave until he was poor, right? Like he was rich and yet he gave so much that he had nothing left. And how should that motivate you and how you relate to others? Pastor, that's excellent. Thank you. Uh, you would think I'd be able to conclude that myself, but my thoughts uh, of being prideful create roadblocks for me to think that way. But you've brought great clarity to it, so I want to really thank you for that. Hey, Pat, I always enjoy hearing your voice. Thanks so much, and God bless you in that class. You take care, Pastor, and God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. With the end of that call, we have two open lines. We'd love to hear from you with your questions about the Bible, maybe how the Bible relates to life or things going on in the world. Or if you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray for your prayer request here on the air so everyone 
listening can agree and say yes and amen. So give us a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Sarah in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi, Pastor Nick. See, I've been reading um, Pastor Chuck Smith's book called Living Waters, and I'm finding it really interesting. And in, in just kind of in summary, it's on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's two chapters in regards to speaking in tongues. I grew up in a very ultra-conservative church, and I can't say that I've ever heard someone speak in tongues. And my question is, how would I know if someone is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. Yeah, I I love Pastor Chuck's book on that topic, and uh, I taught a series last year called The Spirit-Filled Life. It was a six-week series in which we looked at uh, different aspects of the Holy Spirit. So you might check that out, but um, I'll tell you this. When I was in seminary, I did a little bit of study on the topic of glossolalia, which is the kind of, you know, official term for speaking in tongues. Um, and so I'll tell you this. Um, I, well, man, so many things to say. Okay, I'll start with this. There have been a lot of studies done on glossolalia to determine if it is um, actual, if it bears the characteristics of actual human language. And most of the studies have shown that people who speak in tongues, what they're speaking doesn't actually relate to or have the characteristics of human language. But that isn't actually a problem theologically or biblically, and the reason is because Paul makes it clear in two places. One is in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. The other one is in Romans chapter 8. I believe it's verse 26, but I'm not looking at it right in front of me, um, where he says that a person who speaks in tongues prays in the Spirit or by the Spirit, and they can pray, as he says in 1 Corinthians 13, in tongues of angels. So this we wouldn't expect tongues of angels to bear the characteristics of human language. And in Romans 8, he says that they, yeah, it's 826, um, that the Spirit prays, makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be understood. So we shouldn't be surprised if we hear someone speaking in tongues and it seems like foreign or it doesn't really seem like real language. So that's the first point I'll make. Second point is, how do you know somebody, you know, maybe your question is more along the lines of, how do you know somebody's not just faking it? Um, and I think there is no good answer to that. Um, I think that this is one of the things that, let's say, some people would shy away from the gift of speaking in tongues because they're worried about this, right? That people might be faking it. Some people go even further and they're afraid that, you know, there's something demonic about it. Yeah. And so... Um, I would say certainly it's not demonic. Paul makes that very clear in Romans chapter 8, where he says someone who's speaking by a tongue, I'm sorry, Romans 4, 1 Corinthians 14, sorry, where he says someone speaking by a tongue cannot say that Jesus is accursed. And you can't say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And so he's making it clear that like, you don't need to be worried that this is like some kind of demonic infiltration. Um, on the other hand, though, here I find a very interesting passage. It's actually not not speaking about tongues specifically, but I think it's related. And it's in First Corinthians or First Thessalonians chapter five, and I believe it's verses eighteen through twenty-one, but I'm gonna look it up just so I can be sure. All right, so it's First Thessalonians chapter five, uh, verse nineteen through twenty-one. 
And Paul says three kind of short, quippy things here. Here's what he says. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything and hold fast that which is good. And so here's what, why would Paul say that? Well, it would seem that the reason you would say something like that is because some people were quenching the spirit. Some people were despising prophecies. And what that might have looked like is that people in the Thessalonian church, some people were claiming to have prophecies from God, but they weren't really from God. And other people were kind of being fed up with this and saying, you know what, this isn't even for real. This is just a bunch of fakers. And like, we don't need, like, why do we even need prophecies? We've got the scriptures. We can just study the Bible. And Paul says, no, 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 listen, don't quench the spirit. Don't despise prophecies. And I think you could apply that to gifts of the other gifts of spirit, like speaking in tongues. Don't despise these things, but rather just test them and hold fast that which is good. And so, um, there is an inherent risk you take when you believe in the uh, operation of the gifts of the Spirit for today. And that risk you take is that some people might fake it. And, um, and so what we need to combat it with is good Bible teaching, which is where Paul says so clearly in 1 Corinthians 12 and in chapter 14 that not everybody has the gift of speaking in tongues. One of the reasons why people fake it, there's kind of two reasons that I've seen. One reason is because of bad theology, which says that if you don't speak in tongues, right, speaking in tongues is the only sign that you have the Holy Spirit, and if you don't have the Spirit, then you're not saved. So therefore, if you, you, you have to speak in tongues, even if you have to fake it till you make it, because if you don't, have the, if you don't speak in tongues, then you're probably not saved. That's one view on this, and that's, that's just simply bad theology, which contradicts what the Bible teaches. The other view on this is that, um, you know, everybody should speak in tongues. Paul even says that, by the way, in 1 Corinthians 14, I wish that you all spoke in tongues. And so some people will do it as a way to like, you know, look how spiritual I am. I have this gift of speaking in tongues, which is ironic because in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul makes it very clear that speaking in tongues is actually perhaps the least of the gifts. Um, it's, it's a good gift that has a purpose, but it's the least of the gifts because it's the only gift that serves the speaker, not the recipient. So, yeah, is there, that's how yeah. I kind of took it that speaking in tongues is a, a gift of worship between you and God. Um, and then there needs to be the person to interpret. And I, and I understand that part. Um, but I guess I didn't realize that it's a language of the angels. I was thinking maybe it was like a, you know, maybe an ancient language or, you know, Hebrew or something like that. But it, it's a, not necessarily something that we would recognize. But I don't know. It, it's the mystery of it. And I, I honestly, I find it like really exciting. And, mm. you know, I just hope maybe in my lifetime that for a person who is given that gift, I'd, I'd love to witness it. Because mm. um, I just, I, I never grew up in a church that way um, and never really thought of it in, in that sense. So I, I don't, it, to me, it's just kind of exciting. No, that's awesome. And I think it should be exciting. And I love what Paul says, you know, earnestly desire the greater gifts, right? And so um, I would encourage you in that, like earnestly desire the gifts. And Paul says that twice in 1 Corinthians 12 and in 1 Corinthians 14. So 
I think it's totally legit to be able to pray, you know, to pray for certain gifts. And so I would even encourage you, maybe pray for the gift of speaking in tongues and maybe pray that uh, you would have the gift of interpretation and, and you would be used by God in that way. Fascinating, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Thank you. My pleasure. God bless you. Thanks for calling in. All right, bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts, answering your Bible questions, and praying for your prayer requests. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336, excuse me, 720-336-0800. Nine seven again. The text line seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. I would encourage you to uh, save those numbers. Put them in your phone. That's actually what I've done. And so on occasion, when I'm in my car listening to the show, I will, um, you know, text in a question or or a prayer request to the person hosting the show. And it's nice to have it in my phone, just as a contact in my phone, right? Calvary Live. So I'd encourage you to do that. Again, the number to call in, 303-690-3000, or you can text us, 720-336-0897. Well, we did have one person text in asking about the fires here in Boulder County. So some of you might know that um, our church is located uh, here in the Longmont area. Longmont is in Boulder County, and uh, I live in Boulder County. And that is where last Thursday we had just terrible grass fires that got out of control in a highly populated area of Southern Boulder County in Louisville and in Superior and burned down um, just shy of 900 houses as well as many cars. Um, It seems that at least one person has been confirmed uh, to have passed away in the fires and many pets. And so uh, we were able to go and visit that location this past week and see the destruction. And um, we've had some people in our congregation too who live in that neighborhood in Superior where several houses were lost and what several, I mean, many hundreds of houses were lost. And it's just devastating. And so um, I would just encourage you to be praying for those who were affected. Um, There were great response by churches and by community service agencies to take care of people. There's been just a huge outpouring of generosity in the community here. And so, um, yeah, let's go ahead and pray for those who are still um, being affected by this. Just today, Boulder County came out with a report that said it's going to probably take months and months to, you know, be cleaning up and recovering from this. It's not just fire damage, but also a ton of smoke damage that was caused. So please join me in praying for our friends and neighbors in Boulder County. Heavenly Father, we lift up those in Superior and those in Louisville who lost their homes and the neighbors, the friends, the families um, who have been affected by this. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would bring comfort during this time, and we pray, Lord, that you would meet people's needs. We pray that the uh, agencies like insurance companies who um, who will be you know, giving disbursements, Lord, we pray that they would treat people fairly and rightly, and Lord, that they would be generous as well. So we pray that you would uh, direct those who are in need to people who really want to help. I know there's so many people who want to help and not sure how to do so. So Lord, I pray that you would orchestrate that, connect those people who desire to help with those who need help. 
And so Lord, we lift up uh, this community as we recover from this and as we grieve these losses. We pray, Lord, bring comfort, hope, and we pray, Lord, that even these events would push people to remember how fragile uh, life is and how fleeting material things are. And Lord, we pray that they would turn to you and have the riches that are truly riches and the life that is truly life in you, Jesus. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we have come up on our two-minute break. We have all open lines, so it's a great time to call in. If you call in uh, during the break, we'll get you on right afterwards. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. My name is Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm your host today, and we'll be right back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. So good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air, and I'd love to pray for your prayer requests. I'd love to answer your Bible questions. Maybe there's something you've been reading in your Bible that you're curious about. What does that mean? Uh, or maybe you're wondering, you know, in the situation I'm in in my life, is there something that the Bible has to say about it? I'd love to answer those kinds of questions for you. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. That's seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven for the text line. Well, we have all open lines right now. It's a great time to call in. We can get you on very quickly if you give us a call. Again, the number three zero three six nine zero three thousand. We do have a few questions that were texted in, and we'll go to those now. One question that was texted in was uh, if we're if we have a new series or book of the Bible for the new year. Yeah, so what we do every year, we've done this, this is our third year doing it, is we do something called Vision, and this year it's called Vision 2022. We started with Vision 2020 just because, like, how can you pass that up? It's so, um, you know, iconic, like we've been waiting. It'll never happen again. So we started with that, and then we realized that, you know, it's so helpful for our church uh, when we took a minute to like focus at the beginning of the year on God's vision. So what, what the way we do it is we don't just want to talk about like, hey, what's our vision for what we hope God will do in this year? I think that's a bit narrow, and and really that's not what we come to church to do. We come to church to study the Bible. And so we said, well, why don't we take instead, instead of saying like, hey, what's our church's vision for this year? Let's go into the Bible and let's look for areas where it talks about God's vision for things. And so what we do is now every year we, we, it, we do it differently every year. Um, one year we actually looked at different visions in the Bible and looked at those. This year what we're doing is we're looking at the Ephesian church and God's work in the ancient city of Ephesus in three passages in the Bible. The first one is in Acts 19. That was uh, last Sunday, the first Sunday of the year, January 2nd. Uh, Acts 19 and how God worked 
in the city of Ephesus through the Apostle Paul, and we made some conclusions about that. Like we saw how Paul took steps of faith, and one of his steps of faith was actually waiting on God's timing. Because, you know, originally Paul had wanted to go to Ephesus on his second missionary journey, but God had told him no, which seems weird, right? It actually says, it actually says the Holy Spirit forbade him from speaking the, the word in the province of Asia, which is where Ephesus is located. And that's so interesting because you would expect that God might, um, you know, forbid you from robbing a gas station or cheating on your taxes, but that God would forbid you from preaching the gospel and planting churches. What you realize, though, is that it wasn't that God was saying no forever. It's that God was saying no, not right now, which is uh, it's a really important difference. And so um, Paul eventually, on his third missionary journey, had the opportunity to go to Ephesus, and there he you know, took steps of faith. But what he did that was so cool is that he started teaching the Bible every day in the hall of Tyrannus, which was a school or a lecture hall that Paul was renting out. And as he was renting it, um, you know, he would gather people there during the siesta time and teach them the Bible. So we said that that's part of God's vision for the church. And we saw how that changed an entire community. So it's called a community transformed by the gospel. So that's God's uh, desire for the church to be that kind of community. Um, and this week, what we're doing is we're looking at the Ephesian church in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter four, looking at what the, God's vision is for the church to be. We see it's a place that is unified around the gospel, a place that uh, where equipping takes place, and it is a place where we uh, live out Jesus' character towards one another. And so that's what we'll be talking about this Sunday. And then next Sunday, we're going to go to Revelation chapter two and look at Jesus's letter to the Ephesian church and how they were a church that started well and they didn't finish as well, but there was still hope for them. And so we hope that we can learn from all those things. And then after that, we're going to get back into our study of first Corinthians. And then we've got some other good stuff planned for the year. Um, one thing that, that I'm excited about this year, and I'll tell you guys about it as we're waiting for calls and texts to come in, is that I have written a book, and that book is coming out um, sometime probably February 1st or March 1st. So I'll keep you guys posted probably March 1st at this point. Uh, it's basically done. We're just trying to give ourselves a little bit of time to be able to promote it well. So the book is called I Could Never Believe In, and then uh, we answer that question, we fill in that end of that sentence with nine statements. I could never believe in a God who condoned genocide in the Old Testament. I could never believe in uh, a God who, let's say, um, you know, encouraged the suppression of minorities and women. And so these kinds of questions, you know, the things that really uh, create hurdles for people in believing the gospel and in believing Christianity. And in fact, in maybe some of you listening now, maybe you have questions about that very those very questions. And so I'd love uh, to have your calls and be able to answer some of those questions here on the air. I know that these are the kinds of things that many people wonder about, and uh, they fuel a lot of movements even nowadays. Maybe you've heard of like deconstruction and things like that, ex-evangelicals, people leaving Christianity, uh, because they haven't heard good answers to these questions. And the fact is that good answers do exist. And so I want to be part of a movement of people giving those answers and writing books and blog posts and uh, being online and answering those questions. So if you have those kind of questions, that's what this show is all about. Give us a call with those questions and uh, we'd love to answer them for you here on the air. I'm sure many people would benefit from those kinds of uh, questions being answered. So the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303 303- 
690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Well, let's go back over to the text line, um, and we will answer some more questions over here. Uh, someone asked me, hi, Pastor Nick, I wanted to ask, is it a sin to play cards, not for gambling, but for entertainment? I have heard that cards are of the devil. Is that true? Well, I'm going to tell you, the answer is just simply no, cards are not of the devil, and I don't see anything sinful about playing them. I think this is one of those examples in which uh, people have made rules that aren't in the Bible, and they teach uh, that, you know, God holds those opinions, which God, I think God would say, hang on a second, I never said anything about that. Um, you know, there can be this idea that God doesn't like people to have fun, right? That he's like this cosmic killjoy sitting up in heaven, like looking down, asking people, you know, asking like, is anybody having fun down there so that he can make sure that they stop it? Uh, I don't think that's the case at all. In fact, I, I wrote an article on this just recently, December 10th, over on my website. If you're ever interested in checking that out, it's at uh, nickkady.org, N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y.org. And here's what I found so interesting, uh, that some people, you know, view God as, as being that, like a cosmic killjoy sitting up in heaven with a frown on his face, you know, like he was baptized in lemon juice, like looking down on the world, making sure anyone isn't having too much fun. But that is not a view that's held by the Bible. Here, let, let me give you some verses to think about. And these are Old Testament verses. Keep that in mind, right? Okay, Leviticus 23, verse 40 says, you shall rejoice. That's a command. You shall rejoice before the Lord your God. Psalm 32, 11 says, shout for joy. And Zechariah 2, 10 says, sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion. Now, I want to compare that with the Islamic perspective. And here's a quote I found from uh, Ruhollah Khomeini, who is also known as Ayatollah Khomeini of Iran. And here's what he says. He says, Allah did not create man to have fun. The aim of creation was for mankind to be put to the test through hardship and prayer. An Islamic regime must be serious in every way. And this is my favorite part. There are no jokes in Islam. There is no humor in Islam. There is no fun in Islam. There can no, be no joy and no fun in anything serious. This is why Islam does not allow swimming and is opposed to radio and television series. Islam, however, does allow markmanship, horseback riding, and competition. Again, in contrast to that, we look at like Isaiah 65, verse 18, that says, Be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. Behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be gladness. And it says in Psalm 160, uh, 126, verse 2, that the Israelites' mouths were filled with laughter and their tongues with songs of joy. So that just lays out the principle that God wants us to have fun, that God created enjoyment. And, and obviously, some people find enjoyment in things that are sinful. How do we define sin? Sin is that which um, hinders human flourishing, right? And so if you are taking pleasure in something that hinders or hurts somebody else or hurts you, maybe not immediately, but even in the long term, then that is sin, right? So it's missing the mark. It's off-center. It's less than perfect. Now, is there anything wrong with playing cards? I would say absolutely not. And in, in fact, there's nothing in the Bible that would lead you to do that. Now, let's say you, you asked a question about gambling. Is gambling a sin? Well, certainly um, addiction to gambling would probably be classified as a sin just because we shouldn't be under the control of any influence other than the Holy Spirit. Furthermore, 
if you are gambling to the detriment of human flourishing, let's say, you know, gambling away your family's money or gambling away in a way that's uh, foolish and not honoring God, I would say that could be sinful. But you're talking about playing cards as entertainment. I'm just going to have to say that's not a, not a sin, and I don't think it's from the devil. So thank you for that question. I hope that cleared that up for you and maybe some other people out there. You're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Nick Cady, pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Taking your calls and texts here on the air, give me a call 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. And the text line is 720-336-0897. Let's go to Carol in Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Hi, Carol. Welcome to the program. Hello. I just have a prayer request. I was uh, let go from my job today. It was the position was eliminated, and I just want prayers to stand strong and firm in my faith and belief that God has something better. Um, it's He always works on our behalf for our good, and I don't want to give in to the spiritual opposition of you know worry and fear and not trusting. And I just want to stand strong in this time and watch yeah. Him work. Amen, Carol. Let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Carol and her desire and her conviction to stand strong. Lord, I pray that you would give her the strength to do that which she clearly knows is right to do. But Lord, I pray that you would give her the strength to do it, to truly trust in you and to truly uh, not let worry and anxiety fill her heart. But Lord, that she would be full of faith and, and perhaps even uh, an eager expectation of how you're going to use this situation for good in her life and what you have next for her. Lord, I pray that there would be a next thing for her to do and that you would open that door and that she would be able to look back on this moment in the future and say, I didn't understand why this happened when it happened, but now I can see that God has used it for good. So Lord, we pray that you'd show yourself faithful and give her strength uh, by your Holy Spirit, to walk in a way that is honoring to you, in a way worthy of her calling during this difficult time. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Carol, God bless you. Thank you for calling in. Bye-bye. Right. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got a lot of text messages coming in today, and it looks like we have all open lines once again, so give me a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. This text message says, how do you know if you are living in God's will? Well, I'll give you a couple ways to know that. Obviously, the most obvious way is by the Word of God. So God has revealed so much about His will generally through His Word, right? And what I mean by generally is these are the things that are God's will for everybody, right? And so, and they may not, you know, then there's the specific will of God, and that's God's will for your life individually. And there, that may not be in the Bible, but the principles for it may be found there as well. So the best thing you can do to know if you're living in the will of God is to, um, to search the scriptures, right? See if you're living according to the general revealed will of God, right? So there are things that God says, I want you to do these things. I don't want you to do these things. This is my will for your life. It's for your good and for your flourishing. 
So the other way, as far as the specific will of God, now that's a little bit harder to say, right? Black and white, definitively. Um, but I will tell you this. I firmly believe that when God, if God has something specific that he wants you to know or to do, he's not going to like uh, make it hard for you to figure that out, right? So he's not capricious, right? Mean, which means he doesn't play petty games with us, right? And so it isn't like God is going to say, well, I've got this will for John's life, but I'm not going to tell him what it is, and I'm going to make it almost impossible for him to figure it out, right? I don't think that God plays games like that. You know, there have been a few times in my life where I have truly sought the will of God about certain situations. For example, I wanted to know God's will in regard to marrying my wife. You know, I liked her, and I wanted to marry her, but I also want to make sure that God wanted me to marry her. So I prayed about it for a long time, and I remember I asked for counsel on that, from some Christian friends and pastors. And one of them told me, he goes, you know what? One day I think you're just going to wake up and you're just going to know, like you're going to have a conviction. There'll be no question in your mind. In fact, you will have this sense that if you don't do this, that you will actually be outside of the will of God. You'll be, you'll be not doing something that God wants you to do and that you should do. And you know what? He was right. And I've kind of followed his advice uh, on that in many ways, right? So first of all, make sure that what I'm doing aligns with God's word. Make sure I'm seeking counsel. I'm I'm taking advice, but um, but beyond that, you know, just praying about it until you have just this conviction that if you don't do this, you will be messing up. Um, that was the case when we moved. You know, we moved here to Colorado from Hungary. My wife and I met and lived in Hungary for the first, uh, well, for ten years, and seven of those we were married for, and um, yeah, so that was the same thing. You know, God, should I leave Hungary? There's plenty of good work to be done in Hungary. There was an opportunity here for me to be the pastor of this church, but we also had other opportunities as well. And so we prayed about them. We want to know the specific will of God. And so we prayed about it just kind of with that sense that God would give us this sense that we must do this. Um, and, and we had that. Now I realized that is a bit subjective and that gets to like our earlier call. You know, how do you know that something's really from God or not? And again, that, that's something that's not always going to be black and white, right? You're opening the door to, to people, you know, doing things and saying, oh, God told me to do this, or this is from God when it's actually not. But that's why we have to be honest before God and with ourselves. And we have to be really sincere. And no one can tell you, you know, no one else can see your heart. God can see your heart. And you know when you're being sincere before God. So uh, that would be my advice to you. Um, and I hope that helps. So let me pray for you and for all those el uh, other people out there seeking God's will for their lives. Heavenly Father, I, I do pray for this person. I'm, I'm sure there's a story behind the question as they're asking if they're living in God's will. And so, Lord, I pray that if there is something specific you want them to do, Lord, that you'd make that very clear to them. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, just one more thought on this thing about living in God's will. I've noticed that some people... Um, are so uh, wanting God to like reveal something specific to them that they they get paralyzed in their life, right? Like I, I knew this person who would just be like, well, I can't do anything until God makes it clear. But they also had no idea how God was going to make it clear. And it was something really specific, like about a job or something like that. And I would just tell you this, um, 
you know, like it says in the Proverbs, uh, delight in the Lord with all your heart and then, you know, live your life and God will direct your steps as you do that. And so I would tell you this, don't let it become a hindrance and also understand that if God really wants you to know something, I really believe that he will make it so clear to you that it is something you can't miss. So thanks for that question. I do pray that God would reveal his will to you and make it clear. Uh, someone is uh, texting it. They've been trying to call in and not able to get through. That's okay. You know, um, it could be uh, for many reasons, but I would just encourage you to go ahead and text your question in. We've got about 10 minutes left in the show and our text line apparently is working great. So give us a text message and keep trying the phone line. So the number to call in on the phone line is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line, 720-336-0897. Um, someone had asked, why is Jesus called the Prince of Peace? but not the king of peace? And why is he called the king of kings and lord of lords? Yeah, I'm not sure I know a great reason for that beyond this. And I'll tell you this, that a variety of metaphors are used, right? a variety of titles that describe who Jesus is. And so he's called a king. He's called, you know, that famous verse that you're referring to is found in Isaiah chapter 9. And I'll just pull it up and read it to you because... Four titles are given to Jesus there. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And so, in the very next verse, it makes it clear that he will be a king. And so, you know, being a prince and being a king are different things. They're both royalty. A prince is a son. A king is obviously, um, could be a, a, a boy or it could be an adult, but it's a sovereign. And so... What this Prince of Peace tells us is that he would be a son of the Most High King, but he will also be Mighty God himself, right? So this tells us different aspects about Jesus. So I would say the difference in the metaphors, the difference in the titles, the difference in the adjectives that's used, they're all to give us a different angle on the, um, you know, like a different angle on the diamond, right? So we're looking at a diamond from many different angles, and every angle shows something different about that that thing you see a different aspect of of what makes it beautiful and so i would tell you that i think that's the reason why um, i don't think that um, it is to say that he's not the king of peace it's rather just another uh, view or another angle on the diamond that gives us more glimpses of who he is and his beauty um, but thanks for that. Uh, yeah, you know, we talked about that this past uh, Christmas season. We That was kind of the focus of the music for our Christmas Eve service here at the church was that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and it, it was part of the sermon as well. And I love what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, where it says that he himself, Jesus, is our peace, who has made peace, you know, has removed the dividing wall that stood between us. So he has made peace between people who were not formerly at peace, and he has... Uh, made peace between us and God. And so that's a fabulous and incredible truth that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Hey, thanks for that text message. Really appreciate it. 
And apparently uh, we might be having an issue with our phone line, but I'd love it if some of you guys would try to call in and see if we can get it working. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. We are coming up on the end of the show. Oh, okay. I see a note here from our producer that this is not a problem on our end. Rather, it's a wireless phone carrier problem, it seems. And so you guys could pray for that to be resolved, if not by the end of today's show, but by for sure in time for tomorrow's show. So the number to call 303-690-3000 might be able to get through. Um, and the text number, I'm sorry, not tomorrow's show, Monday's show. I keep forgetting today's Friday. And the text line, which does seem to seem to be working quite well, is 720-336-0897. So we have another text question uh, that was sent in, and this is an interesting one. Uh, this person asks, what does it mean when Jesus says, you are, you are gods, right? So Jesus says, you are gods, and that's in John chapter 10, uh, verses 34 through 36. Okay, so here's the verse in question, uh, just for some context. Jesus is talking to uh, his opponents, and the opponents are accusing Jesus of blasphemy because he claimed to be the Son of God. And so here's Jesus' response to them in John chapter 10. Again, they say, hey, you're being a blasphemer for calling yourself the Son of God. And says, Jesus answered them and said, is it not written in your law that you are gods? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be broken, then do you say of him whom the Father consecrated and sent in the world, you are blaspheming because I said I am the Son of God? Okay, so clearly what Jesus is doing is he's trying to kind of rebuff their accusation of blasphemy but for the fact that he called himself the Son of God. But that brings us to the question, what is this verse? Like, how do we make sense of this verse in the Old Testament that says, uh, you are God's? Well, there's basically two schools of thought on this, and I'll make it quick. This verse that says, you are gods, it comes from Psalm 82, verses 1 and 8. And the two interesting views on this, and they actually make a lot of sense, the word gods there is not the specific word for God, which is um, Yahweh, right? So it's not the specific name of God. So it's not saying that you are a god or that you are divine, but it's the word Elohim. And here's what's interesting. Even in the Bible and in that ancient society, that word, gods, was also used of judges. So God, Yahweh, Jehovah, he is the ultimate judge. And those to whom the law came, he told them, you are judges, right? They were the ones who received the law. And an example of this word Elohim being translated masters or judges is actually found two times in the Old Testament in Exodus 21, verse 6, and in Exodus 22, verse 8. And so that idea of gods, you are gods, it's re really referring to the fact that they are lesser judges, just as Yahweh is the ultimate judge. Uh, another uh, explanation, and, and these explanations are related, they're not mutually exclusive, right? So they can both be true at the same time. Another view is that the, the at least the way that this was explained by the uh, rabbis at the time of Jesus was that the, those to whom the law came, if they followed the law, they would live like gods, if you will. Not that they were divine, but they would live on the same level as God, right? They would be like God. 
And if they didn't, then they would be like fallen men. And actually, if you read the whole text of Psalm 82, it says this, I said, you are gods, right? You are sons of the most high. And so that, again, that could be read. You are, you are lesser judges, sons of the great judge, but you will die like mere men. You will fall like every other ruler. In other words, they had not lived up to the calling that God had given them to live holy as he is holy. So it's a it's a kind of complicated answer, but it really does make sense the more you think about it. And let's just focus back on what was Jesus doing? Well, Jesus was trying to diffuse the situation using the Bible and using a, a method of using the Bible shows that he took the Bible literally. And that's really important that Jesus took the Bible literally and he used the Bible for his uh, arguments. So uh, that would be the answer to that. Thanks for that question. Um, and I see that we have uh, a question from Jenny in Loveland, Colorado, but I don't think we have time to take the call. And um, she just has a great question about uh, creatures destined for destruction and why God would do that with humans. Jenny, I would encourage you call in again on Monday or you call me next Friday, and I'd love to have more time to talk with you about that because there's a good answer, but we certainly can't get to it in the 60 seconds we have at the end of the show here. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. Um, my name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church. I'm going to be with you again next Friday. Um, we've really come up to the end of our show here, so I'm going to say goodbye for today. But thank you for calling in and being part of the Calvary Live listening family. Um, if you are in the Longmont area, we'd love to have you come and worship with us this coming Sunday. You can check out our church, watch online, or get directions to come and join us at whitefieldschurch.com. And I'll be with you next Friday for Calvary Live. And you can also tune in every weekday, Calvary Live, 4 to 5 p.m. Mountain Time, or whatever time that is in your local time zone. God bless you. I'll be with you again next week. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.